Okay, perfect. Let's change this to something cooler. There we go. It's way better. Okay, welcome everyone um, to our February um, AIFM meeting. I am pulling up the agenda right now. Uh, bear with me one second. All right, um, welcome everyone again. Uh, we'll need to do a roll call for all our members. It's my understanding we have a quorum. Uh, Madam Clerk, may you uh, call the roll? Yes, thank you very much. And I do see our newest member is joining us and I will promote him to a panelist right now. Okay, members, if you have not, please unmute and turn on your video. Member Bob. Here, present. Thank you, welcome. Member Colville. Here. Member Combs. Here. Vice Chair Bader. Here. And Chair Leon. Here. Thank you, we have quorum. All right, everyone, thank you very much. Um, our next item, I think, is the consent calendar, if I'm correct. So we'll need a, well, do we have any uh, 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 recommendations for removal of any other items? If not, we'll need a motion to approve the consent calendar. I'll make, make a motion, me. Manny. No, sorry, right. Jason. <laughs> I'll second the motion. All right, we have a motion in a second. Do we have a discuss any discussion on this? I know it's the consent calendar. All right, Madam Clerk, do we have any any comments from the public on the consent calendar? No, I have no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on the consent calendar. And I can All right. oh, sorry, go on. proceed with the vote. We have a motion by Member Colville and a second by Vice Chair Bader. Members again, please unmute and turn on your video. Member Bach. Aye. Member Colville. Yes. Member Combs. Yes. Vice Chair Bader. Yes. And Chair Leon. Yes. Thank you. That motion passes. Great. We are. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Now we are on to item number seven on our discussion calendar. Item number seven. We will have Craig, I think, as a presenter on this one. Am I correct? I believe so. Oh, there we go. Well, welcome, Craig, again. Good to see you always. And so um, uh, the floor is yours. Well, it is, it's certainly good to, good to see everybody since I missed the, the November meeting. Um, when, as Stacy and I were, were coordinating for, for today, she agreed to take the bad news, which is the month of January, and I get to talk about the good news, which is the fourth quarter of uh, 2021. So, uh, you know, looking here at equity returns, it was it ended up being a phenomenal quarter um, overall for equities. You can see there that the S and P led the way up 11 percent. We really did see throughout the year much more of a reversion to the shift to large cap um, outperforming small cap. Uh, but when you do look at the numbers, you know d d down the down the line, um, a lot of equity indices uh, performed very very close to each other. Uh, one of the market differences you do see is in small cap equity, where value-oriented names dramatically outperformed um, growthier names in that sector. That, uh, to an extent, had to do with some of the more speculative stuff, things like GameStop, AMC, uh, that did excessively well um, over the course of the year. 
but I think from a from an equity perspective, it was a it was a really great year um, for for the markets. Um, as I noted, Stacy's going to be touching on it in a few minutes. January, um, pretty tough month. Uh, February, things have started to look um, a little bit better. I do want to go down to fixed income. Uh, I guess the, the professional term I'll use to describe fixed income results is blah, uh, pretty much for the year. Um, we have seen shifts in the yield curve, changes in interest rates. Um, you can see um, you know, in the chart here that shorter term rates rose somewhat. Some of the things at the longer end of the yield curve uh, declined at the end of the year. What it meant was for the quarter, uh, fixed income results were roughly flat to slightly negative, uh, but we never really saw fixed income take off in 2021. And for the most part, results were negative, um, you know, for the year to date period. Uh, certainly right now, things are wreaking havoc with the market. The last inflation number that had come in prior to, I believe it was today, was 7%. The new inflation number that they're talking about is 7.5%, um, which given the fact that we're coming off of 10, 15, almost 20 years where we're used to inflation running in that 2% range is a massive number. Um, you know, I, we're, we're certainly not in the camp where we think inflation is going to settle in at 7.5%. Um, it will be somewhere lower than that, but very, very likely higher um, than that 2% range. What that tends to mean, though, is it, it tends to be favorable for equities. Um, it can be very good for dividend-paying equities in particular, does tend to present pretty significant headwinds and challenges for fixed income. I don't know if any of you saw the market today, but it got hammered um, largely because people are concerned not only over that inflation number, but also what it means for the Fed rate hikes. People are expecting rates to go up. Um, and you know, certainly as these inflation numbers continue to come out, they continue to come out higher. It potentially you know, increases the probability that the Fed might raise rates at a different pace than was initially expected. Um, higher rates do tend to be to slow down the markets um, a little bit. So, uh, you know, very, very good 2021. 2022 is off to a challenging start, uh, very likely to remain volatile uh, throughout the course of the year. So I'm going to pause there, uh, then take, but before moving on to uh, Q4 results for the portfolio, but happy to take any questions if you do have them. Hey, Craig, this is John. Are you seeing any of your, any of your, Clients moving into hard assets or anything that are to hedge some of this inflation, or they think it's transitory and means to stay in the course. So I would say a lot of our clients have exposure to hard assets through direct real estate um, as part of their overall asset allocation. Um, you know what you've seen over the last few years is a lot of clients as we continue in the investment industry to project challenging returns moving forward. We have seen a lot more uh, private equity uh, type investments. So we have seen a lot of clients draw down, not necessarily just because of what's happening now, but really over the last five to seven years, draw down on especially their fixed income exposure and move that into some more of the private markets. Um, you know, but based but on- would you suggest that in the demographics of our plan, the liquidity needs and the, you know, the relative, you know, need for access for, for funds or, you know, the fact that we're trying to 
bring down our actual assumption. We did that last year, and we're going to – I know you've had conversation with Stacy about even reducing our actual assumption even more and, and taking a more, you know, conservative approach. Yeah, so you're stealing all my thunder for what I was going to move on to. So, <laughs> okay, um, sorry. So, so, yes, you just reduced your assumption from 65 to 6%. Um, over the coming weeks, as we finalize our 2022 asset allocations, we'll be working with Stacy. Um, on reviewing the asset allocation and making any recommended changes. Um, you know, I, as part of the initial exercise that her and I work on on the back end um, is looking at a whole host of variety of options. So, you know, yes, you all, you're, you're a very mature plan. Cash outflows certainly um, are greater than cash inflows. Um, you do have some illiquidity appetite um, depending on what the, the profile is. So, you know, her, as her and I were, were talking, I am going to model a couple things that look at, um, you know, direct private real estate that does have more liquidity than something that has a 10 year lockup on it. Um, just to see what that looks like from a risk return perspective, by rule, you all have to take income from that. Uh, real estate does tend to be very highly, um, income focused. So it could be, it could potentially meet a couple of different roles. Um, but to your point, you know, you all don't just based on the maturity of your plan, the liquidity profile, you just don't have the appetite for significant amounts um, outside of public markets. Okay. All so, right. I don't think you have any more questions, so you can continue. So um, I did want to cover quickly. Uh, you see here the asset allocation. Um, the fund was up to about 317 and a half million at at year end. You can see slightly underweight uh, to that fixed income composite, um, overweight to the um, operating cash. And I know Stacy has some comments on that um, in a minute. Pre-funding some things there. And then, what does this all mean for results? And I'll blow this up so you can actually read it. Uh, the portfolio added 6.2% for, for the quarter. Um, you can see that 16.9% for the one-year period. And certainly the number that you all focus on is that fiscal year. So, um, you know, so far for the first few months of the fiscal year through December, uh, you were up 5.6%. What I do want to focus you on, though, is as you look uh, from left to right on the page, not only have you had very good absolute returns, so looking at that 9.8% over 10 years, but you have outpaced both your policy index as well as the actuarial assumption. Um, you know, so part of the conversation Stacy and I had as well um, in the meeting I missed in November was that the actuarial numbers do look very, very good for you right now. So as part of the asset allocation work as well, some of what we're going to look at and explore is potentially hedging in, you know, maybe not private market ways, but some other ways uh, to potentially hedge some of that liability. Because, you know, certainly keeping the asset level where it is, um, where you have, you know, almost one for one, you have more, more dollars on the market value basis than you do liabilities is a really great place, um, great place to be. So from a total portfolio perspective, um, you know, things have been firing on all, on all cylinders. You can see, uh, looking down down the page, um, continue to be very strong returns um, out of equities. 
Uh, on the fixed income side, like I said, uh, pretty uninspiring returns just, just across the board, uh, you know, based on what's going on with, with interest rates. So, um, like I said, we're going to be taking a look at the asset allocation, and I know future meetings will have some comments on that to more addressly direct John what you were just, just asking about. So, I'm going to pause there. Uh, certainly happy to take questions if you do have them. Members, do I have any more questions? Okay, so as of December 31st, then, I know that we, um, as of July 1st, we took it down to 6%. Are we still super funded through December 31st? Y yes. Okay. So, so without without having new numbers in front of me, I mean, the way that the actuaries work is they take mm -hmm. a specific data set once a year. It tends to lag things. Uh, my understanding was that from a market value basis, based on when they did the valuation, I think I had the number written down. You guys were at what 110% from a market value perspective. You can see there we added another 6.2% over the quarter. So you did you you had another strong quarter. So you should it, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have negatively impacted your asset experience. I don't know exactly what's happened on the liability side though. Well, yeah, Jason, if if you recall, I think our liabilities was in the 280 to 290 million and we're over like craig said we're at 317 so i think we got it okay yeah i wasn't sure with the discount rate change i did this i saw the 6.2 percent. i get it now thank you and any other questions from members of the board okay i think we're okay craig do you have any other uh pieces to your presentation nope i was going to conclude my comments for today all right well, thank you. I think we're going to need a full screen here. Let me see. Go back to the agenda. We will need a motion to, and we'll need to pass item seven of, um, uh, of the quarterly investment report. We have any takers? We have any takers? Make motion? a motion to pass the investment report. All right. We have a Jason. Second. Okay, John, second. Uh, we don't want to throw Emily and David into the mix too fast, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is the members. I don't even know who they are. At some point, I got to figure out who they are. Yeah, well, uh, at the end, we'll have to introduce themselves. <laughs> Things transpired, apparently. So, um, okay, uh, Madam Clerk, do we have any public comments on this item? Chair, there are no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on this item. Perfect. All right, sounds good. Then uh, we can take a vote on this particular item. Thank you. I have a motion by Vice Chair Bader and a second by Member Colville. Members, again, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Bach. Member Bach. Yes. Member Colville? Yes, Blair. Member Combs? Yes. Vice Chair Bader? Yes. And Chair Leon? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. All right, we are on item number eight. And from what I understand, it's Stacy who's going to give us the bad news. <laughs> what this is, this is what we're talking about. Isn't that great? <laughs> awesome, right? Um, can you guys Stacey, see why, don't you, why don't you introduce yourself to the new folks? Sure. sure. I'm Stacy Hesse, and I work in the city treasurer's office. I'm the chief investment officer. And I have been with city treasurer's office um, seven years tomorrow. Oh. Well, happy early anniversary. Oh, Best thanks. hire I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I worked with Stacy at Calsters, so we have a long history. So 
many years ago, correct. Yep. Um, can you guys see my screen? Yes. Yes, okay, great. Um, so I am gonna go through just a few things. Um, as Craig said, he, get, he got all the great news and I get some of the not so great news, but I'm gonna try to um, make it balanced and focus on the good and the bad. Um, first on your screen, as Craig was mentioning, the in, at the end of September, the plan was worth 305, at the end of December, 317. Um, what you don't see in there, you do see the operating cash went up, but what you don't see is the fact that we actually transferred $7 million over from the funds into operating, and that's how we, that operating bounced up. So we, as I think I've been saying for a couple of years, we're continuously selling into these rallies. Um, to try to raise funds in anticipation of having them there and not being forced sellers in a down market, which um, things seem to have changed quite significantly since the end of December. Let me go to the next page here and we can take a look at what's happened since Craig's returns. Oops, not that one. So great, great returns across the board, both quarterly and fiscal year to date on this report. Um, since the end of December, the S&P down, was down 5% in the month of January. I'm not looking at February yet, only because it's a little too early, but we did wipe out a majority of the gains in about three and a half weeks. Uh, unaudited numbers through the end of January for the plan are right around 2%. So that will be quite a bit below our actuarial assumption and, and quite a big hit to where we were at the end of December. The beginning of February, we did see um, some of these negative returns start to erase themselves and start to come back. And leading into this morning, the market really seemed to absorb that shocking CPI number. And then around 10 or 11 o'clock, um, one of the Fed, um, Fed Bullard came out and said he would like to see a 100 basis point increase by July. And that really spooked the market and sent it spiraling down for the rest of the day. So as Craig said, we're probably going to have quite a bit of volatility as we go into everyone trying to time what the Fed's going to do and how significant of a move they're gonna make and what the pace is gonna be. Right now, it's about a 50% chance of that first rate hike coming in March. So if March comes and goes and they don't do it, then you would think the market would probably celebrate that. And then we would be looking at the next chance for a rate. So it's really gonna be up to what the Fed does is really gonna drive the markets, I would say for the next probably two quarters, at least till we get to the end of the year. And on some of the returns, I also just wanted to touch on, we do talk about the fact that in some years we beat on the top line and yet we'll underperform on the sub portfolios of large cap and equity income. And then in some years it's reversed. You can see we did underperform slightly in large cap fiscal year to date. And that's primarily due to the fact that this, this fund traditionally has a tech overweight and tech funds were really hit pretty hard in this, in the, even in the first six months of the fiscal year when things were running. Tech names seem to underperform, whereas traditionally they've been what's driven the market. So our slight overweight to tech there um, dragged down our returns there. In equity income, you can see we actually beat the benchmark for fiscal year to date by over 200 basis points. And that actually was due to a handful of names that we just have in the portfolio, such as Home Depot, Costco, that really outperformed the basic um, benchmark there. And so that's why the equity income account is outperforming so greatly. Um, so overall, when you roll it all up into our domestic equity index, you can see we beat it by 80 basis points for fiscal year to date through the end of December. I just wanted to give you a little more color about how those numbers get to that roll up there. 
And the next thing I want to talk about is here. I wanted to go through the fixed income account um, because going forward, as we look at asset allocation, fixed income is probably what we're going to want to look at to putting more funds to work just from a conservative perspective. Um, Bartel did say several times that they believe that the goal, one of the main goals now is to preserve assets and not to take too much risk with it and lose that great 110% funded status that we have. At the end of December, as Craig mentioned, um, the fixed portfolio was flat through January. The fixed portfolio is down 200 basis points. And that is as a result of the huge shift we've seen in treasuries. Um, the, the big sell-off has caused interest rates to rally quite significantly. Um, and so where we are compared to where the ag is, you can see we're the blue lines on that chart. So we have a large portion of our current portfolio in the seven to 10 year bucket. And the move there was pretty significant. So we did underperform right along with the index for that one. You can see that the ag is pretty evenly distributed across all the different uh, maturities there. So we have obviously more money in that seven to 10 year bucket. And as the treasury markets have moved, that's something that we have to be aware of going forward. Um, the moves have been quite significant to be honest. And some people believe it's maybe a little bit too much too fast. And again, it's gonna come all back to has what pace the Fed's gonna take and whether they think it's been a little bit overdone. Um, just to give you a little bit of color, from June to December of last year, the five-year went from 0.89 to 1.26. Wow, so that's a pretty significant increase, but the 10-year actually went from 1.46 to 1.51. So that's why in the, in the first two quarters of the fiscal year, we performed fine because the bucket we were in did not move too much. But ever since December 31st, um, the markets in the longer bucket, in the longer um, tenures have also sold off quite significantly. So being long duration and long maturity towards the benchmark, we're gonna probably underperform slightly in that, in that um, category. And that was actually all the points I really wanted to touch on. Um, I will say that uh, as Craig mentioned, we are going to talk about lots of different things this time around for asset allocation. We've really had a, held asset allocation steady and unchanged for, I believe, two or three years. And as John and I have talked over the years, I've always said when the fund got more funded, when the plan got more funded, I always wanted to be a little more conservative and start taking down some of the risk to preserve some of those gains we had. And it feels like with 110% that this is probably the year to start looking at doing that. And I'll be happy to take any questions. Uh, and does, any questions by the board on this? Doesn't look like Stacy. Looks like you're off the hook. <laughs> With all that good news, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we missed your Christmas tree this year. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And so I think we'll need a, a motion in the second, uh, or a motion, I say, on item eight um, uh, to move this out. All right, new folks, don't be shy. Somebody, somebody. I'll make a motion to move the item. Seems to be my thing today. <laughs> motion. All right, we have a motion and a second. Do we have any discussion on this item? Uh, what, no discussion on this item. Uh, Madam Clerk, do we have any comments from the public? Chair, there are no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment. 
And I can proceed with the roll call vote. Please Members, again, please unmute and turn on your video. Member Bach. Yes. Approve. Thank you. Member Colville. Yes. Member Combs. Yes. Vice Chair Bader. Yes. And Chair Leon. Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. All right. We are on to item number nine. Mr. Lopez, you are number nine and number 10. Do you just want to take them up at the same time or just proceed the whole way to receive a file that we can talk about them? Or do you want to go each item? Sure. Um, I have nine, 10, and 11. Oh, do you? Wait, hold on. Let me see her. Oh, yes. You're on the second page. Um, all right. Uh, if you want to just go through them and as if we have questions, we'll proceed. If not, we'll have a discussion at the end on these. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. This. Hello, um, my name is Osvaldo Lopez. I am the accounting manager, and today I will be presenting the results of the financial statements audit related to the Sacramento City Employees Retirement System, SCARS. Um, this is for the year ended June 30, 2021. The financial statements for SCURS were audited by the independent audit firm, Macias Giniano Cono, and I'm pleased to announce that we got a modified opinion. Uh, this means that we got a clean audit. You can see the auditor's opinion on pages 12 to 14 of the report. Get there. Um, here it is. Um, some of the items that I would like to highlight for SCURS financial statement is that the net position increased by 48 million um, when comparing uh, fiscal year 20 to fiscal year 21. This increase was mainly due to an increase in investment assets. As you can see on pages uh, on page 19, uh, let me get there. Uh, as you can see on this page, page 19 of the report, assets increased from 266 million in fiscal year 20 to um, 330 million um, on fiscal year 21. Total liabilities remain consistent, 2.5 million in fiscal year 20 and 2.3 million in fiscal year 21. And this resulted in the net position restricted for pension uh, to increase from 263 million in fiscal year 20 to 311 million in fiscal year um, 21. Now let me go to the next page. Uh, here it is. Um, page 20 shows the statement of changes in plant fiduciary net positions. We can see that the total contribution decreased from 4.4 million to 3.8 million when comparing the past two fiscal years. Benefits payment decreased from 30 million to 29 million. But the biggest change was related to the net investment income that was 77 million during fiscal year 21 compared to 7.6 million on the previous year. The main reason for the increase was the net appreciation in the fair value of investment. During fiscal year 20, it was only 0.3 million. Um, and during fiscal year 21, it was 67.3 million, as you can see on the report. Now, let me get to this other page. And I know that we have been discussing this, but um, it's good to mention uh, this part. So page 30 of the report um, shows that for the first time, we no longer have a net pension liability. Instead, we have a net pension asset in the amount of 28.8 million. 
which is a decrease in the liability of 62.3 million when compared to um, the balance of fiscal year 20. Um, this means that the funding status increased from 88.7% during fiscal year 20 to 110% in fiscal year 21. Um, pages four and six of the appendix B of the report includes more details if you wanna see what caused this um, basically decrease in the liability. Finally, as we know, SCURI is a closed plan and therefore the plan is getting smaller. Uh, the total plan members decreased from 924 in fiscal year 20 to 876 in fiscal year 21. And at this, as of 6-30-21, we only have three active members. So, um, so with that, I conclude my presentations um, and I will take any questions related to um, the financial statements. Nope. All right, members of the board, do you have any questions or comments on the questions that you chair on these items? No, great work as usual, Zavaldo. Thank you. I will say that those three three active members are hanging on because I think <laughs> the whole time I've been on this board, we've had about three, right? Three or four hints. <laughs> um, all right. I don't want to retire. I know, we've got three, three hanging on. And so, okay, um, these are all received on file, if I'm correct. And so items nine through um, um, 11 inclusive are, are, um, are receiving files. So thank you. And you I think we're good. Okay. Any I, I can just mention a little over the other two reports. I, oh. I was just covering one, but um, oh, yeah, totally. go for it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, let, let me go on item number 10, just to give some background on this. Um, item number 10 is the independent auditor's letter um, or result of the audit. Um, so technically this letter is just required communication from the auditors. Um, and this is communication to the board um, based on the statement of auditing standard, standard 114. Um, this letter indicates that the auditors um, basically shows that their responsibilities. It also shows the scope and timing of the audit. Um, it also indicates that significant audit findings and proposed journal entries, which in this case, there were none. Uh, this letter um, also indicates the most sensitive estimates for scarce. Um, in this case, for scarce, the most sensitive estimates are um, the actual evaluation of the total pension liability and uh, actually determined contributions. Um, additionally, the auditors communicate through this letter uh, that there were no uh, difficulties that they encountered performing the audit, and there was no disagreement between the auditors and management. So that would be basically for um, item number 10. And item number 11 is short. So basically, these um, independent auditors report on internal controls over financial reporting and on compliance and other matters based on the audit. Technically, this, this letter um, is used to communicate that during the audit, they also review internal controls and they perform tests of compliance with certain provisions, laws, regulations, contracts, and a few other items. And it shows that the result of all this testing showed that there were non, uh, basically non-compliance and that everything looked okay. So that, that will cover all three items. Thank you. Sorry about that, I was on mute. Well, well thank you again. Um, is there any comments on items nine through 11 inclusive? 
Okay. Um, and these are all receiving files, so we do not need a motion. Um, I think we're good. Uh, Madam Clerk, do we ask for public comment on any of these? I, I forget. Uh, for the yes. receiving files. Yes, okay. Chair. And for the record, there are no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on this item. Okay. So no comments on 9, 10, or 11, Madam Clerk, I should say? There are not. Okay. Um, these are receiving files, so then we are good to go on those. Uh, item number 12. And so chair and vice chair of the committee for calendar year 2022. Uh, yeah, I've done it for a long time. And so, <laughs> and technically, uh, I don't know how long, right, John, I'm going to be on. So I don't know if you, I, you know, what yeah, I don't know there? when we're going to do yeah. the next recruitment for the right. next position. And you know, we had one, one applicant, we chose to, you know, delay it and go out and see if we can find others as well just to make it a little more competitive gotcha gotcha so you're here um, perpetually manny all right so that so so we'll need a nominee. i'm just saying that because i don't know i mean like yeah. i said i've done it for a few years i have no problem doing it but at the same time I, I we don't know i technically turned out and so it might be time for a regime change i don't know um but we'll need nominations for i think we go with chair first if i'm correct yes yeah. Yes, Chair, if I may, we can start with uh, the, nom the selection nomination for Chair, take that vote, and then we can move to Vice Chair. Manny, I think you're doing a great job, and I don't want you to lead, so I'd like to nominate you. <laughs> Jason, I was just going to say, well, maybe you should. You've been my Vice <laughs> Chair for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to nominate Jason because I don't know your lifespan, Manny. I, I know, that's what I'm saying. I was going to be like, you've been doing it so long, Jason. Like, we would like, my chair, vice chair. so well. You know? <laughs> now, the question then becomes, if I become chair, or if I was chair, and then J Jason was vice chair again, um, and say, you know, third quarter, that's when you find somebody, is it is it similar to the president and vice president that, like, if the president goes away, the vice president takes over as chair? I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here? So what is your term limit? You, is it? Like you it was it was the end of 2021 but is it two terms or like two years mm -hmm. yeah yeah no. so i've done two terms yeah right. so jason i mean i john i i would i would back you up on jason just because like like we said we just don't know how long um i'll be around yeah i mean i don't know if jason can run quite an efficient meeting as you do but i'm gonna <laughs> hope so Nope. Jason's a man of few words the, like me. The bars so of, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> focus on the numbers. Yeah. Members, well, if, if I may, um, I, uh -huh. I believe I, I might have heard a, a motion in second for Vice Chair Bader um, as chair, but I just want to make sure we're... Um, I, I, yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay, and I, I did go in and I would defer to the city attorney, of course, but I believe it's a two-term. Um, yes. No, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. But I defer to Mr. Massey, who is on the line. But I do have, and I believe I heard, please correct me if I'm wrong, a motion by Member Colville and a second by Chair Leon for uh, Vice Chair Bader as chair in 2022. Sounds, sounds about right. That's how I recall it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, th thank you very much. I will proceed with the roll call vote for that for chair. Member Bach? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Member Colville? Yes. Member Combs? Yes. Vice Chair Bader? Uh, yes. And Chair mm -hmm. Leone? Yes. 
Thank you. Congratulations. These will take effect at the next meeting. Yay. <laughs> and with that, so that we so would move on to vice chair. Yeah, as you say, so we need a vice chair, and so we need we need a vice chair. So, um, I, John, John, you're you're you're. I'm just gonna say it. You're you're like the only one besides the two new individuals that that you know um, will, will will be able to run backup for Jason. Well, I've only been at the city for 17 years, so I don't know. Oh, hey, me too. I'm not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you want to you want to get back at John, and I can make the motion for uh, John to. Be yeah, I think we can conduct a meeting with the least amount of words ever said. So yes, exactly. I'd like to nominate John. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I so, accept. So I say Jason makes the nomination, and I will second if that's all right. All right. So I have a motion by Vice Chair Bader and a second by Chair Leon for Member Colville as Vice Chair in calendar year 2022. And for the record, I have no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on this item. I will proceed with the vote. Member Bach? I see a thumbs up and uh, Member Bach is, is trying to unmute, but I do see an affirmative. Uh, Member Colville? Yes. Member Combs? Yes. Vice Chair Bader? Yes. And Chair Leon? Yes. Thank you. Congratulations. All right. All right. Look good on my resume. Yeah, I know. There's been a, a, a change. The, the era has ended. Executive so. Director of the Regional Housing, which I don't do anything on either. So this is perfect. <laughs> right on. Well, well, good. Okay. I think uh, question. Okay. So commission comments, ideas, questions, um, just the new members. Like, again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on my last leg here. So I'll maybe or maybe not be here next. But I, new members, you want to introduce yourself really quick? Um, Dave Bach, uh, got a little business here helping uh, people with uh, corporate employees uh, better manage their retirement plans. Uh, been in investments 46 years, 31 at CalPERS, and I'm um, also a member on a CSU Investment Advisory Committee there as well down in Long Beach. Oh, okay. So okay. looking forward. Thank you. I'm looking forward to be on there. Oh, great. Okay. And then Emily? Emily? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, Emily Combs, uh, the new director of finance for the city, um, and this is my first meeting. So. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, well, I'm welcome. Still thank you. Still using the navigation system to find city hall, so thank you, Aaron, <laughs> vice chair. Future. I almost forgot where it is, to be honest with you. That is too funny. Okay, well, good. Well, uh, Madam Clerk, I think we just have it. Is there any other public comments uh, matters not to the agenda? Chair, there are no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment for items not on the agenda today. All right, then we'll need a motion for adjournment. Chair, we do not need a motion to oh. adjourn. No, you that's your call, big guy. Even better. All right, well, well then we shall adjourn. Thank you everybody the for your time. <laughs> Thanks, Blair. Thanks, Maddie. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. All right. Good luck.